the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're part of a church. Well, what are the earmarks of a good church? A solid, Bible-believing, God-fearing, Jesus-loving church. We'll talk about that today on Truth For Today. As churches go, there are many good ones, many not so good, and many that you should run away from as quickly as possible. So how do you know the difference? Well, that is what we have been exploring here on Truth For Today as we continue our series on the Holy Spirit, specifically called Marks of a Spirit-Filled Church. We invite you to spend time with us today as we take a look at one of those marks, a selflessness, a desire to serve others. It's all straight ahead. Join us. Galatians chapter 5 is where we pick up on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Here's Pastor Phil. Galatians 3, he has told them that how did you begin in the faith? Did you begin by works or by the hearing of faith? By believing God or by your ability to keep the law? And he's making the point, you didn't become a believer because you can keep the law. You became a believer because you believed. And believing is trusting the ability of another. Faith simply can trust the ability of another to do for you what you can't do for yourself. God says, trust me and I'll save you. Trust me, rely on me, and I will empower you to live a life that would be impossible for you if I were not God. So... That's what the Christian life. You see, the Christian life's not difficult. It's impossible. You can't live this kind of life unless you're drawing on divine resources. So I think what many do, they say, I don't want to be a hypocrite. So you blow it a little bit, and the temptation is never to come back to church because you know you blew it Monday through Saturday. And so I, I, I'm frustrated, but I think I might be saved. And that's a miserable condition to be in. So let's go to Galatians 5 and pick up our notes there. And Paul keeps dealing with this argument. Believers are not under the law, the law of Moses, which doesn't mean a lot to you. You said, I never was under it anyway. But this New Testament church was. And the Jewish believers, uh, they had been living all their life under the law. And now they're hearing something new. It says, all you need is the Holy Spirit, and you can live this. So he's dealing with that argument. And verse 2, he said, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, and that is to be righteous with God. Circumcision is not a sin, but to do it, to attain a righteous standing, that would be sin. Just hygienically, medically, that's fine. He's not taking that on. It's circumcision that is a mark of righteousness and spirituality. If you get circumcised for that reason, 
He said, it's an insult to God. Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to you, to every man who lets himself be circumcised, that he's obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified, made right before God by law-keeping, have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith, we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we eagerly await, which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Go down to verse 13. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. What is he saying? He's saying that the Christian life over and over is not by keeping rules, whether it's the Torah, the law of Moses, or any kind of rules. That's not the Christian life. The Christian life is the Holy Spirit in you that you receive the moment you believed, and now the rest of your life you live by faith, in his ability, a life of reliance on him, and he brings the righteousness in us that the law commanded but was powerless to produce. So you produce a people that are living righteous lives, and if you ran up to it, it says, what formula are you following? Uh, who enabled you to keep the law? It said, what law? I'm not behaving this way because I've memorized the Decalogue or the Torah. Well, but you're doing what the law commands. Why? Where are you getting this? I am just walking by faith in the power of the indwelling spirit. And he's producing two things. He's producing a righteousness in me that pleases God. And he's producing a love in me that wants to serve others, and this love is really the heart of treating people right. You don't need rules to know how to treat people if you could ever get love. But if you've got rules without love, you'll still sin against them. If you get love, you don't need rules. I won't ever steal your property if I love you, and I won't even need a rule to tell me not to steal. If I'm loving you, I don't need a law. Huh? And so I find people that have the least amount of love have the most amount of rules. That's why so many Christians are unattractive. They're rule keepers. And they'll... I keep the rules. Do you think they act self-righteous? They are. I keep the rules. I'm a rule keeper. I'm not spiritual, but I think I am. And the thing that you fit, feel in them says, how can a rule keeper, what's so unattractive about a rule keeper? But if all they are is keeping rules and it's not coming out of a heart of love that is just flying, that's what it is. 
the Pharisees, they were good at keeping rules and covering up the ones they were breaking. And Jesus said, they keep loading you up with burdens you can't bear. Christianity is not a burden to bear. It is a life to enjoy. You don't need any more burdens. Some of you came in here, you're already loaded down. You don't need 10 more rules. You already broke the last 20 you learned. You need power. And Paul is saying, the only thing that counts is faith. The faith God gave you to be saved is that same faith. He's saying, trust me to do in the present for you what I did the moment you believed. Trust the power of the Spirit. But, but, but you don't know me. i got all these hang-ups. I, well, what can you do for me? Watch. Verse 16. So I say, walk by means is the word. They translate live and order your manner of life by means of the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. Now, how will the flesh make you? You said you deliver me from the flesh. How does it act? And he just gives a representative list. It acts this way. If you walk by the Spirit, you won't do these acts. Sexual immorality, impurity, and that means dirty in the mind, primarily a sexual dirtiness, debauchery, which is shameless, indecent acts. So three areas of sexuality, he says, He'll keep you straight in the area of sexual conduct. Then several in the area of idolatry and false religion. He'll keep you from idolatry and witchcraft, which is pharmakia, the use of drugs to worship. We would call it addictive drugs or drugs used. It'd be an LSD trip because it's pharmakia is the word. Sorcery, witchcraft. But notice eight interpersonal hang-ups he delivers them from. He will keep you from being full of hatred. Uh, Hostile. He'll deliver you from discord, a party spirit, strife, from jealousy, the desire to be as well off as others and resenting the fact they've got more than you of whatever you want. Fits of rage. Um, Out of control anger. Selfish ambition. The conceited, self-centered life. Nobody counts but me. Dissensions, which is party spirit. Always choosing another group. Uh, You see people always church shopping. They can never find a church that's quite good enough for them. My dad used to tell us, if you're looking for a perfect church, it will cease to be that way the moment you join. (laughs) And if we take you, it's why we took the others. There is no perfect church, because the perfect church would be you, because you're the church. 
How many perfect saints do we have here? Okay, there's one. Okay, no. <laughs> See? Why are you trying to find in a church what you can't find in your household? And nobody living at your house is perfect. And why are you so critical of the way other people act and you tolerate it in yourself? You know, men can't stand another proud man. They can only stand it in themselves. Conceit only feels good when you've got it. In others, it's obnoxious. When you've got it, I am somebody. And I've discovered a gift. I'm the best. Feels so good until somebody whips you in a game. Or you go through enough falling because God loves to make appointments with the proud. He has ways. Uh, Factions. Uh, Factions is a choosing spirit. People love to choose, don't they? Call up Florida and see. Uh, The idea is of choices, always wanting. It's never quite good enough. So the faxes over here and just party spirit. And these are all interpersonal things that more churches have been split over this than sexual sins. The real marks of maturity I see in believers is they're not factious, dissentious, quarrelsome people, but they're peacemaking kind of people. Uh, If you're a factious person, you're fleshly. And you either need to get saved or repent because it's sin. It's sin. It's sin. It's not just the way God made you. God didn't make you that way. Sin did. Don't blame God for a picky spirit. That's not discernment. That's just crankiness. Get over it. Pastor Rollins played me a great eagle song. It's really impacted my life. Get over it. Get over it. Man, I wish I could play it today. It just inspire you. Um, envy, the desire to have what another has. Oh, man. Drunkenness, orgies, carousing, partying. And he says, and things like this. He didn't exhaust the list. If you want some more things, because maybe you weren't named here, of Romans 1. There's a, there's a bunch more. And read the San Francisco Chronicle if you want some more. The list goes on. Uh, there's probably just thousands out there. And guess what he said? When the Holy Spirit, when you're depending on him, he will lead you away from all this behavior. This will not be your behavior. Is that wonderful? He delivers from the power to do these devices. He just changes your disposition. Uh, we used to sing, I've got that old-time religion. It's an old-time song, but it, says, it makes me love everybody. Uh, did, did you get that when you got saved? Did it make you love everybody? Uh, you, you know, you don't need to take a course on loving people when you get saved. The love of God is just gusted abroad in your heart, and uh, you're all of a sudden in a family. I found myself, I was amazed at it because I was young when I was saved, and we had so many... Uh, Older women, holiness women in this church, gray hair, hair up in buns. 
I mean, dressed, to, you know, down to right to the wrist. I mean, these women were godly, holy kind of women, Midwestern in background. And very, we were in a no lipstick, no jewelry, just holy kind of a group, you know. But they looked beautiful once I got saved. Huh? Because they became my instant relatives in the Lord. Uh, I wanted to hug them. I, I considered them mothers, aunts, uh, sisters, uh, and the men were my brothers. Uh, what is this? Uh, when the Spirit comes in, he starts crying, Abba, and I not only got a father, I got a family. And I love the family. I love everybody begotten of him. He delivered me from all that faxes, trying to be a little hoodlum. That, that ended. That ended. That went out with the new birth. Because that's the way fleshly people act. And what did he start producing in you? When you walk in the spirit, he produces a fruit. And you see, fruit is the outward expression of life. I don't know what's working in you until I see fruit. And the fruit tells me what's going on inside of you. You never know what's in the tea bag until you put it in hot water. And we don't know what some people are until we see them long enough and God puts them in different circumstances and what's in comes out. And this is what he produces. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Uh, Willing to sacrificially care for one another. It's not a love of uh, all the body, the physical. It's not a love of convenience. It's a willingness to sacrificially care for other people. He produces in us joy. Uh, and, and joy is happiness because of God in any circumstances. God commands joy. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. God can command that emotion and that expression because it's not based on circumstances. It's based on the spirit. The spirit will do it. it you could be burying your mother. You could be having bad health, and you still have a biblical right and command to rejoice. It's not happiness based upon happenings, but happiness based upon the Spirit. It's why it's indescribable. Christians are sometimes happy in the weirdest circumstances. They're seemingly losing everything or undergoing trial. They said, you don't have a right to have joy. As long as I have the Spirit of God in me, it's my birthright to joy. I don't need an excuse. So, let me ask you, should not Christian people be happy people? I know you're meditating on it. (laughs) Should not Christians be happy people? Think about that. Now, do... Most of the Christians in your life, do they reflect happiness or joy? I mean, don't look at them right now. It doesn't look good. <laughs> I mean, uh, this, has not, this is a product of the spirit, isn't it? This is not a product of happy music, worked up, whipped up, emotional, extrovert. No, no. And it won't always manifest itself in the same way. But I'm happy in the Lord. A, happy, a happiness that comes from the Spirit. So God's people, now let me ask you this, help me out on it. 
this may be a little meddlesome. Uh, would happiness have to, anything to do to counteract a negative spirit? This is deep, I know. But can you be happy and be negative? I mean, and some of you maybe in quenching the spirit, a negative spirit has replaced your joy. Because I know many believers that have lost the joy. And it's grievous. There's sin. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't shut down joy in you, and they're not being something blocking his work in you. Because this is just what he does normally. He just produces joy. And then he produces peace. And uh, this would counteract most of these relational fusses up here, that they're um, factions and discord and jealousy and rage and uh, envy and all this stuff. Well, just the peace of God working in you, that means I'm at peace with one another. Not just in me, I'm at peace with others. Because this has a communal application too. Not just peace for me, but I can't stand you. No, no, no. This is peace that overflows where I am. I'm always a outflow of peace when the Spirit's working in me. I don't make factions. I don't make dissension. I'm not the source of the problem when I'm walking in the Spirit. If everything you join up with gets into a fuss, you might ought to see if it's you. Where you go, peace ought to go. Because we're peacemakers. We are peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. They will be charged with being the sons of God. And I don't care if that's on your job, in your home, or in this church. You are to be a peacemaker. And if you don't know how to make peace, come and see one of our pastors. We'll give you some biblical ways you can be reconciled and make peace for your life. God does not want his children in a turmoil or to be in a hot anger or dissensus mode. It's not to be your way of life. There's a better life. He goes on to say uh, he produces kindness or patience. And patience is, uh, there's two words for patience. One is you put up with uh, a car that's always uh, going down on you. This one is Patience with people, that you can put up a long time with irritable people. Because what do you do with people until they get in the Spirit? You put up with them. And choking is not one of the works of the Spirit. (laughs) Uh, Then he produces kindness. You want to be gracious to them when they deserve to be choked. Uh, Goodness, you want to do them right. Faithfulness, I think that's the idea. It's reliability. It's not, uh, they become people that uh, can stay at something. They're, they're faithful towards God. They're faithful in service. They're faithful as givers. Uh, they're just faithful to obey what God wants them to do. It's a marvelous thing. And you know what? Isn't that what uh, you want him to say when you get there? He won't judge you for the size of your ministry. He won't judge you for the results He'll probably say it's required of a steward 
that he be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 4. God will take care of the results, but you've got to take care of showing up. Some people will never have much fruit because they're three-week wonders. They can do anything for three weeks. My dad used to talk about the trades and my brothers. They call them drag-up artists. Guys that come up on the job, and as soon as they find out this is not a gravy job, but a hard job, they drag up. Don't be a drag-up artist. Some are these racing stallions. Zoom! I'm not impressed. I'm looking for a plodding ox. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, Simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Message.